Hello and welcome to the Renaissance Polymath. I'm your host, Toby Gagnon, and this is the fourth of a five-part series discussing non-traditional yet must-see destinations in each of the 50 states in the U.S. This episode will focus on states 31 through 40 alphabetically. Let's go ahead and get things started. Starting with New Mexico, if you're going to visit New Mexico, there are a lot of things. You could be a part of the Four Corners and all that kind of stuff, but what I would recommend checking out is a place called the White Sands National Park. And I'm going to read straight from the website for this first part. Rising from the heart of the Tularosa Basin is one of the world's greatest natural wonders, the glistening white sands of New Mexico. Great wave-like dunes of gypsum sand have engulfed 275 square miles of desert, creating the world's largest gypsum dune field. White Sands National Park preserves a major portion of this unique dune field, along with the plants and animals that live here. Now, that's right from the website. There is another interesting part to this location, and that is that occasionally the park has to be closed. And it has to be closed because the United States military tests missiles here. So it's a really interesting place. Also, a lesser known fact about this location is that it is an emergency or reserve landing site for the United States space shuttles. So there is a massive, massive runway in the middle of the White Sands National Park. And it is really, really cool. So if you go to New Mexico, I strongly suggest you check out the White Sands National Park. Okay, moving from the southwestern U.S., let's move up to the northeastern U.S. with New York. Now, New York, my goodness, it is a cultural epicenter of America, some people say. But what I would recommend in New York actually doesn't involve the city itself. Now, of course, you could fly into New York City and and take a drive, but there are some really cool places to go, one of them being the Vanderbilt Mansion. I've personally been to this location. It is beautiful doesn't even begin to describe it. It is exquisite. It is The gardens are unreal. So if you go to New York... Take a trip up to Taconic Parkway, go up the Hudson River, check out the Vanderbilt Mansion. And a little bonus one from New York, the second oldest golf course in America is actually right up the road from here. So if you're a golfer, you want to go check out some historical golfing locations, go to the Vanderbilt Mansion, and then go up the road to Fishkill and check out the second oldest golf course in America. All right, now, North Carolina. There are many things about North Carolina. Obviously, we've got moonshine and things like that in the state. But I would suggest if you go to North Carolina, stay in Asheville. Yes, go do the Asheville stuff. But consider going to Mount Mitchell and Mount Mitchell State Park. There's a lot to do. But what is so unique about Mount Mitchell? Why would I be mentioning that? The only other mountain I've talked about to this point isn't even Mount Denali. It's... uh, Mount Katahdin up in Maine, and that was the end of the Appalachian Trail. Well, Mount Mitchell is actually the tallest mountain peak east of the Mississippi River. So if you go west, of course, you've got the Rocky Mountain Range, and there are a lot of really tall mountains there. But Mount Mitchell is the tallest mountain east of the Mississippi River on the Appalachian Mountains, 
and it sits at about 6,684 feet. Read directly from the website, a museum explains the mountain's cultural and natural history, and its trail network allows visitors to explore up close, offering short hikes near the summit and challenging treks leading to adjacent wilderness areas. A nine-site tent campground is open in warm weather months, and backpacking opportunities abound, including entry into the Mountains to Sea State Trail. So if you go to North Carolina, consider checking out Mount Mitchell State Park. All right, now on to North Dakota. North Dakota, obviously, for obvious reasons, has a rich Native American cultural heritage up there. But what I'm actually going to recommend is something a little unique and almost something you can't find in another state, and that is digging for fossils. Yes, public fossil digs are available in North Dakota. And on their website, they have information regarding the digs that are coming up in 2022, including Medora, the Pembina Gorge, and the Bismarck area. You can go and dig up fossils. And they explain on their website that not all fossils are dinosaur fossils, but those do exist. And you can go and be a part of a group that actually digs up dinosaur fossils. So if you're going to go to North Dakota... Consider going and being a part of something that you may never get to do anywhere else, and that is a public fossil dig. Transitioning over to Ohio, and we're back on Native American culture, but for a very specific reason. I recommend if you go to Ohio to learn about the Native American culture there. It was a very prosperous place. Uh, There's a lot of old history when it comes to Native American culture in Ohio. Some say it even comes from maybe the Aztecs and what they considered their uh, old golden city. But anyway, moving on, I would encourage you, if you go to Ohio, to start your Native American culture tour at the Serpent Mound Historical Site in Peebles. It is featured in many, many shows on the History Channel and the Discovery Channel, and I would say that would be the best place to start. It's best viewed from above, but it doesn't mean you can't be on the ground and enjoy it as well. So if you go to Ohio, explore the Native American culture there and consider starting with the Serpent Mound Historical Site in Peebles. Now to Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a very interesting state with... A lot and yet not a lot. So when I was doing my research, I come across all of these things about, hey, make sure you do this in this state or that in this state or whatever. And there's one, there's a couple things that kind of traverse multiple states. The Appalachian Trail being one of them. We talked about that in Maine because that's the northernmost point. The southernmost point, the southern termination for the Appalachian Trails in Georgia. We talked about the Georgia Guidestones. But in Oklahoma, you can do something that does include other states, but it's the most in Oklahoma, and that is Route 66, and read directly from the website. Get your kicks on more than 400 miles of Route 66 in Oklahoma. The nation's longest drivable stretch of Route 66 cuts through Oklahoma, making its way past charming towns, roadside diners, and quirky attractions. Experience Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and authentic hometowns along the Mother Road, where you'll meet friendly people and find unique shopping and dining experiences. The interesting thing about Route 66 to me is that it is such an American icon, 
and people still flock to this road every year. It's it's almost like, I don't want to say a rite of passage, but it's something that's on a lot of people's bucket lists. And I recommend if if you're one of those people, and even if you're not, consider going and checking out Route 66 if you're in Oklahoma, because there are a lot of interesting roadside attractions that are obvious tourist traps, but really cool and unique nonetheless. So if you go to Oklahoma, you got to go down Route 66. Moving up to Oregon. Oregon has a lot of interesting stuff going for it. It's beautiful. It's green. In fact, arguably, the most shades of green I have ever seen in my life was from Oregon. There are some really, really cool things, too. I mean, you can go over the Tacoma Narrows Bridge and learn about the history that is involved there, but that's actually not what I'm going to recommend when you go to Oregon. In my research, I came across something that was really, really cool. So I'm going to read right from the website before I tell you what it is. 37 miles west of Sisters, Oregon, in the heart of Willamette National Forest, is Oregon's well-known Blue Pool. The Blue Pool is a round body of water that sits mysteriously at the base of the waterfall, Tamalich Falls. This body of water isn't like any other that sits hidden in the forest. It's a pure, clear, vibrant blue unlike any water you've ever seen. The vibrant blue resembles the color of a topaz gem that mesmerizes all who view it. The water is so pure that it's eerily deceptive. You heard me right. When the water is that pure, the depth is often misjudged. For anyone who has visited Blue Pool will agree that the water only appears to be, at most, five feet deep. The rocks that rest on the bottom of the pool's earthen floor seem to be so close that you can almost touch them by merely sticking your arm into the water. I am here to tell you that that is not only wrong, but it is dangerous. The true depth of Blue Pool is 30 feet. So basically, if you go to Oregon, you've got to go to this place called Tamalich Falls, and it's located in the Willamette National Forest. At the base of these falls is basically a pool. It's a pool of water that's been eroded over time and, and has you know, developed this, this wonderful natural basin, if you will. And it's a color that only exists there, according to them, but it is beautiful. And in looking at the pictures, not just pictures on the website, because of course those are going to look good, but pictures from people who have been. If you Google image, you know, Tamalich, T-A-M-O-L-I-T-C-H Falls, Blue Pool, Oregon, you're going to see some stunning photos. So if you are somebody who likes to hike and you are an amateur photographer, or maybe it's what you do for a profession, consider going to Oregon for its natural beauty. And if you do, consider going to Tamalich Falls and check out the Blue Pool. Our next state on the list is Pennsylvania. And while there are a lot of interesting things to do and visit in Pennsylvania, such as Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or Scranton, I would actually encourage you to go to the Washington Crossing Park. If you're a history buff and you enjoy Philadelphia and all that it has to offer, then the Washington Crossing Park is a destination that you must see. Read directly from their website, Washington Crossing Historic Park offers more than 500 acres of American history, natural beauty, and family fun. The park preserves the site where George Washington crossed the Delaware and turned the tide on the Revolutionary War. So 
you can actually go to the location where George Washington launched from to cross the Delaware River on December 25th, 1776 to help turn the tide in the American Revolutionary War. It's a really interesting place. And again, if Philadelphia and everything that it has in terms of, in terms of history is up your alley, then the Washington Crossing Historic Park is definitely a place that you need to visit in Pennsylvania. Now getting to the smallest state, and that is Rhode Island. Rhode Island is so small that there's really not a ton of stuff that is considered off the beaten path. I mean, there are only so many roads through the state, and a lot of those things that you would want to go see and visit that most people know about are on those roads. So this one was actually the most difficult state to do the research on. But I would consider, if you're going to Rhode Island, checking out the Breakers. And it's simply called the Breakers. And it was built by the Vanderbilt family. You remember from New York. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit from the website here. It says, Commodore Cornelius Vanderbilt, who lived 1794 to 1877, established a family fortune in steamships and later in the New York Central Railroad. The Commodore's grandson, Cornelius Vanderbilt, became chairman and president of the New York Central Railroad system in 1885 and purchased a wooden house called the Breakers in Newport during that same year. Now, it's interesting because the website lists it as a quote-unquote cottage, and yet this place is, in photographs, it is anything but a cottage. So if you go to Rhode Island, you got to check this place out. It's a museum now. You can go through, um, it says, Monday through Wednesdays, it opens at 10, and last admission is at 4, and Thursdays through Sundays, it opens at 10, last admission at uh, 3 p.m. So go and check this place out. It is a mansion for sure, and it's simply called The Breakers in Rhode Island. And our last state on the list for this episode is South Carolina. And the location that I would encourage you to go check out in South Carolina is a place called Poinsett Bridge. And I'm going to read directly from the website on this because I think it sums it up really well. Poinsett Bridge is the centerpiece of the 120-acre Poinsett Bridge Heritage Preserve owned by the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources and maintained by Greenville County Recreation. Constructed in 1820, it is believed to be the oldest surviving bridge in the state, and some even say it's the oldest surviving bridge in the southeast. Named after Joel Poinsett, a prominent early resident of Greenville and a U.S. ambassador to Mexico, their bridge was part of the state road that connected Charleston and Columbia with the North Carolina mountain communities and into Tennessee. It is a 14-foot Gothic arch stone structure and stretches 130 feet over a little Gap Creek. Historians believe that it was designed by Robert Mills, architect of the Washington Monument. So what's really interesting here about this bridge is that it was on the main road from Charleston, South Carolina, to Columbia, to the North Carolina mountains and the communities there, all the way up into Tennessee. So this once was the main road to get from the mountains to the ocean. So that's unique part number one. Unique part number two is that it was designed, the architect was the same guy who designed the Washington Monument, which is really, it just kind of blows my mind that you've got somebody who designs this monolith, this, this beautiful monolith, but he started, you know, his roots, if you will, was the bridge in South Carolina on the main road. 
And it's really neat that it's been preserved so well and that it's still there today. So if you go to South Carolina, you can visit arguably the oldest bridge in the Southeast, and that is Poinsett Bridge in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. Well, that about wraps up this episode, but I would encourage you to do your own continued research and education to find additional interesting destinations to explore in your own and other states. If you feel I may have missed your favorite destination in any of the states I covered today, feel free to send me an email at podcast at therenpo.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-N-P-O.com and let me know. I'll make sure to link to the things I discussed in this episode in the show notes. Tomorrow will be the last of the five-part series where I will discuss states 41 through 50 alphabetically. I would also appreciate it if you left a review wherever you podcast. That helps this show be discoverable to others and helps me understand where things can be improved. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download new episodes so you don't miss any of the future topics. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.